0: I would like to thank my sponsors, Maggie Flores with Southern Blues Boutique and Jessica Espinoza with Jessica's Crafty Creations. They both can do some very nice work. So y'all go like and follow their page and please support small businesses. Welcome everybody to episode 32 of Levi's Youth Sports Talk. And today we have somebody that now resides in the Katy area, but from Kerrville, Texas. Uh, went to Lubbock Monterey High School. Went to college at Blinn College in Burnham, Texas, where he was the – well, out of high school, he was a 30th round pick, and then he went to Blinn. And then after that, he was the 14th round pick for to the Houston Astros. His um, coach, um, assistant coach at Texas State University, uh, baseball coach, 10U and 14U from 2018 to 2022, and now he's the assistant coach to the Hustle National 2K11 team where he coached with Tim Ramon. I want to welcome everybody, Brian Smith, to the show. Thank you.
1: Thanks for having me. I I was really excited to to have a chance to to, to personally meet you last night and and get a chance to kind of put a face with the name and. Um, you know, I was really looking forward to our conversation this afternoon.
0: Yeah. Um so, um, if you wanna, you know, start off with your with your upbringing, and, you know, how did you get into baseball as a kid or or what other sports did you play growing up?
1: You know, I grew up just, you know, much the same as, as you know, most kids that, that, you know, just really fell in love with athletics at a at a really early age and, and grew up in a small town where know you just kind of played all all the different sports you know during those specific seasons and um it was something to where i was always just drawn to baseball it was you know it it was you know i guess it could have been just because of me being a product of you know having some you know really good coaches at a young age and you know kind of leaders and mentors in my life and um you know it just kind of was something that you know i really enjoyed doing and and you know, started to, to figure out, you know, how important it was to, to be able to work and, and kind of put forth the necessary effort to continue to develop. Um, and, and after a while, that was something that, that I really saw, started to see, you know, kind of the, you know, the, the results of, of that type of work and effort. And, and so in doing that, um, you know, right before my freshman year in high school, my, my mother, you know, got a job. Um, in Lubbock, Texas, and, and so we ended up, you know, we ended up moving, um, and, and so, you know, kind of a new place, a new name, new faces, and everything like that all around me, and, you know, going into high school, um, you know, hearing all these stories of, you know, this great, you know, this, this, this great coach that had been, you know, at, at Lubbock Monterey since 1960, and had won, you know, state championships, and, and all of these, you know, different accolades that, that he'd had, I didn't really know a whole lot about him. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew I loved baseball, and I knew I wanted to play. And um, you know, it was it was one of those things where, you know, I, I started to learn very very quickly. Um, you know, a lot about Bobby Magel, um, and, and and what the what his program was all about, and kind of the tradition you know there at Monterey. And um, you know, it, that's really kind of where I started to to really transition into um, you know somebody that that felt. As if I could, I could play at a at a higher level, whether that be at college or, or professional baseball. And um, you know, kind of going through you know those years in high school, um, you know, it, it was definitely something where I, I saw myself, you know, continuing to progress and, and needing to, you know, always, you know, kind of grow up and develop and um, you know, kind of keep that that intensity where it needed to be to to maintain the the, the effort that was necessary for us to play at the level that we did and for myself to be able to compete at a high level with a lot of upperclassmen. And um, that really kind of just helped me, you know, continue to transition into, you know, the, you know, the ball player that, that I was, that I was really fortunate to
0: be, you know, later on in my career. Mm -hmm. And, um, like uh, going, um, we want to get to your, like, go to high school and, you know, in your your recruiting process. And you. I see you, you know, you went the JUCO route. Was that by choice or it was just something that, you know, that's, that's just a route? Like, that's what you wanted to do?
1: Well, I, I, I think it was, I, I was really um, a product of some really good advice. Um, and then, you know, just kind of my, my upbringing, you know, just in terms of, you know, kind of financial, you know, different things and, um, you know, kind of growing up, you know, not having a whole lot, um, you know, in, in baseball, it's, it's one of those things to where, when you're talking about at the NCAA level, division one, division two, you know, you have 11.7 scholarships for traditionally a 25 man roster. Um, and so that's, that's not ever going to be able to, to be something to where you can, you know, really be on a full scholarship. You know, 99% of the time, and so, um, you know, junior college was was something that, you know, I I knew that I needed. I, I knew that it was it was going to help me more than you know going right into, you know, a program in the Big 12 or the SEC or or you know it, whether it be you know even even a mid major you know university. Um, I, I knew that junior college was was something that um, I would truly benefit from just because you can play. You, know, you can play a full fall schedule. You can practice every day. There aren't a whole lot of restrictions around, um, you know, number of hours that you can be on the field. And, um, and plus, I, I, I really needed to grow up. And, and, and junior college really just kind of um, was the ideal situation. And, you know, additionally, my, my goal and aspirations of playing professional baseball, I also knew that, you know, if you went to junior college, especially at that time, you could you could get drafted. Um, every year, as opposed to you know either after your junior year or being a draft eligible sophomore, um, if you went to a Division one university. And so a lot of those things kind of had um, you know weighed heavily on me, and, and you know was something that I that I wanted to consider, you know kind of going through the recruiting process, and um, and then really just kind of kind of finding that home. Um, you know it, it didn't take very long, and you know with a with a lot of the different recruiting visits that I went on to know that, that was, was going to be that spot for me. And, um, you know, coming off, you know, some of the years that I had in in high school, it was, it was something to where I knew that I could go in and, and, you know, compete for a spot immediately and, and play, you know, my freshman and sophomore year and, and then really kind of see where we stood after that, you know, just in terms of, you know, whether the opportunity to play professional baseball was there or not. Um, I was drafted out of high school I, I tell people all the time if I would have signed with orioles um, out of high school I, I'd have been out of baseball two years later um, oh. I definitely I definitely wasn't ready for it you know you know intellectually emotionally um, and and most importantly physically um, mm-hmm. you know I needed to, to really you know have those years of college to, to give myself a chance to um, you know, to develop the thing the you know, some of the intangibles, and then really a lot, a lot of the strength that I needed to to be able to compete at the professional level and and play baseball every day for a living.
0: Okay, gotcha. Um, okay, we we let's, before we get into any more, uh, this guy Tim, man, he, he talked a lot of stuff, you know, about that he was he was real good, you know, and all this, and I see you, you <laughs> know, you went to college with him, man. Can you can you back up that talk? I I can, I can. And, you know,
1: Tim came in, um, you know, he's from a small town kind of like I was, he's from rock south near Corpus. Um, you know, and, and we were both freshmen together, you know, with a, with the freshman class that we had coming into blend and, and, and he was going to, he really wanted to be a two-way player. And and I know that, you know, the the coaching staff there was going to give him an opportunity to do that. And the, and the, the only problem was, um, Number one, we had an all-American third baseman um, that was that was an outstanding player that that went on to you know play you know at Texas A&M and then play you know professional baseball and um, and then Tim had too much success on the mound and and he had he had to eat up a lot of innings for us you know especially our freshman year and then our, our sophomore year he was our number one Friday night guy and and he was the one guy that we could go out there and count on you know each and every time he took the mound he's a hard worker and and a really hard-nosed individual and, and knowledgeable about the game. And, you know, we all loved him. And so it's definitely something where, you know, I wish I could tell you now he's full of it, but he's not. He was he was our number one guy, you know, our sophomore year. And, um, <laughs> no, He was – he and, and a great teammate. And so, you know, and a friend of mine. And, of course, obviously still a friend of mine today.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I just – I always mess with him because he always – you know, he always tell me how good of a pitcher he was so i told him i said hey when i talk to brian i'm, I'm gonna find this out i'm just letting you know <laughs> Nah, tim okay. tim, yeah, tim is a real good guy I just met him i probably been knowing him a year maybe two years i don't know probably like a year and a half and you know when i need something i need somebody something talk to somebody he he right there he'll give me a, he he'll give me a call and we'll talk man. so no,
1: and, and he'll tell you. I mean, he'll tell you how you know how good of a pitcher he was. But you know, that's also what it takes. I mean, you got to kind of walk that line of confidence. And I tell kids all the time, you got to be able to walk the line of confidence and arrogance. You got to stay off the side of arrogance, but you got to be right up against it. And you got to maintain your confidence and belief in yourself because if you don't, you know, this game revolves around failure, and it will eat you up.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So, um, just a quick. If you wanna, uh, let's, uh, you wanna talk about your your professional career, man. You know, you had a you know, a good professional career played in a different like few different leagues. Um you wanna break that down for me? Sure, sure.
1: So so I was drafted after my, my sophomore year in nineteen ninety nine, um, out of Blinn and, and and signed. I was a fourteenth round pick by the Astros and um, you know, my, my first taste of professional baseball Was in Martinsville, Virginia, in rookie ball. About about three or four weeks, you know, coming off the you know coming off the field, you know, in college baseball with a you know with a drop five you know bat that without any regulations in terms of exit velocity or anything that that we have now. Um, And you know it was it was an eye-opening experience, you know, kind of walking into the clubhouse for the first time, and you know half of your teammates were. You know, we're we're kids from, from major universities and, and, and kids here from the United States, and then the other half of your team couldn't even communicate with you because I didn't speak Spanish and they didn't speak English. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it was it was really eye-opening, um, just to just to kind of have that experience. And, and you know, it was funny. My you know my my introduction in, into professional baseball. My you know my my first professional hit um, in my second at bat was a home run Uh and I'm rounding the bases and, and, you know, sitting sitting there thinking, okay, well, I'll, I'll be here for, you know, maybe, maybe about a month and then, you know, I'll get moved up and, and, you know, we'll just kind of see how far, you know, I kind of get before the end of the season. And then, you know, and, and, and then, you know, thinking about, you know, kind of the big leagues and all these different things. And then 37 games later, I hit my second home run. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And so, and so that was really kind of the the, the biggest introduction, um, just because it's it's a tough game, and and it's one of those things to where, you know, it is it's a grind when you're doing it and playing it for a living. Um, you know, if, if I had to do it all over again, of course, I I I'd, I'd do it. I'd do I'd play for free. Heck, I'd probably pay them to let me do it. But, you know, after 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 that first year in rookie ball, um, I got sent to a you know a long season um, club where we broke. We broke camp, um, and and I drove up to. <clears throat> excuse me, I drove up to Battle Creek, Michigan, in two, in, in 2000 in the national league, and um, you know, with the understanding that I was probably going to be a guy that played, you know, three or four days a week, um, you know, behind the, the the primary first baseman that that had signed in our group, that was that had just finished up, you know, winning a national championship at USC the year before, and was a you know was a big time prospect, power hitter, a guy named Jason Lane. Um, And, you know, knowing that I was going to, you know, I was going to have to fight to to get some at bats and and be versatile and play different positions. And, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, the the odds of of staying healthy throughout a 142 game season are are really kind of slim and none a lot. And so we had a couple of guys that that went down with injuries and and Jason ended up transitioning to the outfield. And it gave me a chance to play first base every day um, in a really, really talented league with a with a lot of a lot of great players. Um, and, but we were good. We were, we were a good team. We actually ended up winning the league, um, you know, winning the championship that year. Um, you know, the, the league MVP. um, Um, and and the guy that won the league MVP was Jason Lane. Um, but you know, Albert was a big, big time prospect. He played that full year in, in Peoria, Illinois, and then MVP of the AAA world series once he got moved up and then never spent another day in the minor leagues. But, um, you know, that's just one of the, you know, several guys that were in that league that you just kind of played against every single day and, and really kind of learned how to compete at a level that is, is unmatched. And, um, you know, from there, I had the opportunity, I, you know, I had a really good year and, and, you know, was able to, to, to kind of earn a chance to, to play every day within the organization. And so got sent to our high A team the, the next year in, in Lexington, Kentucky. Um, it was the it was the first year that they'd had a that they'd had a baseball team there. And so it was a brand new stadium. It was it was new to the city. It was a blast. I mean, you know, you're, you're playing in front of, you know, six, seven thousand fans every night, and signing autographs and doing all these things. And, um, and then going home to a, you know, a, a two bedroom apartment with five guys living in it um, because you didn't make any money. But it was it was it was it was a great experience and um, started off really well there had a couple of injuries that I struggled bouncing back from and, um, you know, mentally I, I, you know, I, I really kind of struggled with, you know, the ability to kind of move past my bats and move past the bad days and put them behind me. Um, and, and ended up, you know, repeating the next year in 2002 in, in Lexington, Kentucky, um, and ended up having, having a pretty good year as well. Um, but at that time I was a 14th round pick and, you know, it was kind of one of those things to where, Maybe if there was a little bit more money invested in me, maybe if I'd had, um, you know, a little bit better of a year, I would have been able to stick around. But, I, you know, I got invited back to camp the next year in 2003, um, ended up getting released out of spring training, um, still wanted to play. And, and so I, I played one more year um, with an independent professional team in Alexandria, Louisiana, which, you know, which was a lot of fun as well. Um, a lot of guys that had been released and and had different service time, you know, throughout you know the minor leagues and professional baseball, and then some guys coming right out of college, and and had a chance to play there for five years until my contract was sold uh, to a team in Lynn, Massachusetts, where I finished my career the last the last six weeks of the season, um, and then when we finished up there, I, I knew it was time for me to kind of pursue something else. I wasn't going in the direction that that I had set my mind to to be able to go in. You know, I sometimes you always wish, you know, if you if you can just kind of continue to play, but um, you know, you have to make that decision, and at some point, to, you know, to hang them up. Um, yeah. So that's what I did, and and that was really, you know, kind of a you know, brief snapshot of, of what my professional career was. It was it was an absolute blast. I I loved every minute of it, um, even though a lot of my teammates may tell you you could never tell, um, because I was you know I was always a really hard nosed competitive
0: player. mm-hmm. Right. Okay. So, so like you didn't play that, you didn't play that at every level. Right. And so you go from high school where, you know, you're probably, you know, one of the top on the charts. And then you go to college where it's a lot of top of the charts players. Then you mm-hmm. go professionally where it's really top of the chart players. Like, like how did you transition into each, going up each time?
1: Well, I think, it, you know, each each level, there's there's always kind of that eye-opening moment where you look around and, you know, and coming out of high school, I mean, here we won a state championship, you know, it's obviously a big part of that. My, my senior year, we lost the state championship game, um, and so it was a very, very you know, it's obviously a really successful high school career, and then going into college and looking around and thinking that I was just going to kind of continue to to be the same guy, to be the one that was counted on and, and, you know, really always kind of was able to execute and, um, you know, was just going to kind of be the best, you know, be the best hitter on the team. And um, you look around and, and it's funny, you always kind of make the comment to, to one another, you know, when you're in college, Hey, we were all good in high school. Mm -hmm. So what is it that you're going to do now? And, and how are you going to create, how are you going to separate yourself from everyone else? And, um, and, and it's through it, it's through the work. It's through just the constant effort and the constant commitment to your craft um, and, and, and the growth that that happens along the way as a result. And um, and that and, and so, you know, starting out in college, it was something to where, you know, I I, I had some success, but it was something I, I, I dealt with an injury, you know, after my freshman year and, and didn't know if I was going to be able to come back after having surgery. Um, and going into the, my sophomore year, that summer just really grinding and and and, and doing something to where trying to, to to create a perspective of if I'm going to match up with not only the people you know that are here, but everybody else that we're going to play against, and um and and creating that 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 internal drive that's necessary to kind of keep moving forward. Um, and and then of course you know having having an, a great year my sophomore year and, and having an opportunity to get seen by the right people at the right time and get drafted um you know and going into professional baseball it's it's still it's, it's that eye-opening experience i mean you're you're playing with guys and against guys that, that, that you look around and and are, are are on their way to the big leagues and and how you match up with them and um and so it's always really a choice of you know the, the the type of work that you're going to put in. I mean, you have to have some luck, you have to have some talent, you have to have some ability, but you can choose how hard you work, and and that was always something that that I felt was very very important, um, and took a lot of pride in, um, because I did. I was a I was a really hard worker, and and I think that's really kind of what helped me separate myself, and then also give me the perspective to be able to to look around and and know that. If I'm not moving forward, everybody else is, and I, and then and then I'm not setting the bar anymore. I'm chasing the person that's
0: setting the bar. mm mm-hmm. Um. So uh, let's let's jump into the um the softball part of this. Um. So um. Well, first, how was the transition from for you from baseball to softball? So, like- so far, right? I mean, because
1: we're talking, you know, we're talking, you know, just over 365 days in. Mm. And it's, I, I've loved it. I, you know, I, I never, I never saw myself, you know, coaching softball. My daughter never even wanted to play softball until she was 10. Um, and, and so it was one of those things that, um, you know, I had coached my, I'd coached select teams in high school, I, you know, after I finished, you know, coaching the two years at Texas State. And then, you know, of course, also, um, you know, coaching my son's, you know, coaching my son's team, you know, each year, and when when he was done, I, I knew that you know my daughter had had kind of fallen in love with this sport and, and developed into somebody that that you know could potentially do it at a at a higher level, and and I wanted to be a part of that, and and so it was um, it was definitely something where you know some of the different intricacies of the game, um, you know, the the learning curve is still still you know, it's still something that that is developing, um, but I, I can tell you that it's it's been something that has been really, really extraordinary. in the fact that there's there's always similarities, right, between between softball and baseball. I mean, it's hitting, it's it's, it's fielding, it's throwing. You know, the ball is bigger. Um, you know, the the differences in, in in defensive positioning and you know just kind of coordinating all of your all of your preparation. Are um, a little bit different when you're talking about slap hitters and and, and different things you know throughout the game that um, are small you know small changes. But um, for the most part, it's it's really about kind of the foundation of you know teaching and coaching a sport that revolves around failure and how you can help kids get better at it. Um, and so I've loved it. It's been a great transition.
0: Mm-hmm. And right there, you you know you speak about failure, and it's it's like you. To these young girls, you know, because having a three seventy five batting average is is good for college athletes, but it's not good for select softball, baseball athletes. Why why do you think that is? Well, I mean, when you when you talk about batting average, I, I mean, for me to not to deviate from the question, but
1: you know, it's it, it's something it's a it, it's it's a stat that I think that had there's too much emphasis on it, right? Um, you know, you have you have a girl that you know that can get jammed and hit three balls over the first baseman's head that, that you know kicks up white chalk and she's got three hits and she's three for three and you got somebody that hits three rockets right at the shortstop she's zero for three. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, the, the, the success around you know around hitting really really resonates with me in terms of quality at bats and and being able to you know hit balls hard control what you can. Um, and, and understand that, you know, the, the 37 the 35%, you know, success rate um, is, is something that is, is unique to the sport. Um, you know, I tell kids during lessons all the time and when I'm coaching them and, 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 you know, giving, you know, kind of talks about the perspective that you need to have. You, you can't go into, you, you can't get a 37 on a math test and, and not get in trouble at home. You know, you can't make 37% of your free throws and be basketball. <laughs> Right. Right. You, know, you, you can't you can't do these things. You know, you can't complete 37 percent of your passes and think that you're going to be a quarterback. And so but you can you can you can be play 37 percent of the time and be one of the best to ever play the game. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I think when you talk about, you know, just the overall success, you know, quality of bats and in, in terms of the difference between baseball and softball, you know, is, you know, there's there there are some differences There's similarities. Um I think it really comes down to the the ability to do anything you can to help get whoever's in the on deck circle into the batters box and if that can kind of be your mindset
0: um then i think you can you can always kind of create success from there mm-hmm. okay, so uh you know um hustle hustle is is you know is is a fairly new organization man like like you know and then you have that's y'all team one the PGF in, in California last year, like, how is it, you know, being a coach for, you know, organization, you know, since organizations is the, is the thing, like how is it coaching for a up and coming organization?
1: Well, I mean, personally, it's been great because, you know, I mean, obviously I have a history Um, Mm -hmm. that, that history took a 20 year break. Um, and, and that's actually how we reconnected was through hustle. He had started this organization. Um, you know, my, my neighbor, um, her, her daughter, you know, played for one of Tim's original teams. And then my daughter wanted to start playing and she had just randomly come over to the house one day, um, you know, talked to me about, you know, potentially, you know, playing softball and that sort of thing and how she could reach out to, you know, her, you know, the head coach and. And figure out, you know, if there would be, you know, an opportunity for my daughter to come out there and practice and everything like that. And then, lo and behold, she says his name is Tim Ramon, and 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 you know, the rest is history. And I hadn't seen him in 20 That's years, but so the so the to, the opportunity to reconnect, um, you know, to, to be around like-minded individuals that you know that that have, you know, you know, a perspective that that comes from the experience of playing the game, um, and and also you know leading you know, young people in the right direction, right? I mean, you can be a great player and play, you know, 20, doesn't mean you're going to be a good coach. Right. Um, but I think just through, you know, kind of rebuilding that relationship and reconnecting, um, you know, I I started to see that it was, it was exactly what I thought it would be. And, um, you know, just the, the culture that, that, you know, that Tim's always trying to create and, and, you know, within the organization, within his coaching staffs and, um i I knew that it was something that that i wanted to be a part of um and and him kind of giving me that chance um you know to to join him you know with the 2011 group um i I really jumped at the opportunity and and it's been something where you start to see some of these younger organizations and um you know you you want to create a brand um the right way. And you don't want to expand too quickly to where you don't really have an understanding of what's going on within each team at, at each level. Um, and so when you, when you do that and, and you start to have some success, I think the the growth opportunities are there. You just have to be very calculated in the way that you go about it. Um, and so I think, you know, Tim's vision has been one that um, has really, you know, it's really resonated with me. And I, and I think it's, it's something that will, will continue to have, you um, significant success, not only with, with younger groups and younger program teams, but, but also at, you know, at the high school, you know, at the high school level, which I, I know is kind of, you know, one of the things that, that he's looking to, to kind of develop into as well. Um, but it's, it's been great to be a part of. And, and I think the brand itself, um, you know, has the type of reputation to where, you know, you see the product on the field and you see the development with the girls from start to, be, from
0: start to finish, um, and and it's really hard to argue with the results. Mm-hmm. Um, speak on speak on like uh, the work ethic you need to have. Um, going like, you know, I mean, you suppose you need to have a good work work ethic in high school. But speak on how it needs to get so much better once you hit the college level.
1: Well, I, I think that you know. if if you have an opportunity to, to get to that point, it means that you've developed some sort of consistent mindset routine, um, you know, that revolves around your commitment to the craft. That is something that cannot be done two days a week at practice for an hour and a half. It can't be done, you know, just on the weekends, you know, playing in tournaments where you're going to get, you know, five, six at bats and, and, and playing 50 minute games on a time limit and that sort of thing. And so, um, it, you know, if you have the opportunity to get there, it's because you have a significant amount of talent, and and, and you've worked off to to really get to that point. Um, and so once you get to that level, and once you once you really start to to perform and 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 getting into you know creating these opportunities for yourselves to to be seen by by different colleges and and those universities and and everyone coming out to see you play and and having the understanding that you see you know, one at bat, they might only see three at bats and you might walk and, and, you know, and get hit by a pitch. And, and, and so what else is it that you're doing? What are the intangible qualities to separate yourself? And, and it, and it revolves around being a good teammate. It revolves around, you know, going out and playing the game with, with a passion and understanding um, of where to be when the ball is not hit to you, where to be, where to go with the ball when it is hit to you. And so, you know, the, the, the mental side of it is really something that, is, is something that not only does it create exposure for you, but it can create success within a college program, right? Um, and, and so those, those things are important. You know, colleges and universities, you know, aren't going to, you know, you can be as talented, you know, you have the top 1% that, you know, if, if they're just overly talented and just above all, you know, anyone else, um, those are the ones you don't have to worry about, you know, but the rest of them, um, you know, they're all competing for opportunity. And it it really comes down to to who they are, what they're going to bring to a college program. And if you're bringing baggage, right, if you're you're somebody that's out there throwing helmets, throwing bats, telling your teammates to shut up when they're trying to pick you up or, 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 you know, dropping your head when you make an error and, 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 you know, thinking this whole thing is about you, um, that's not something that they're going to be interested in. And so that's the part of the game that really helps you kind of create the type of trajectory to have success at that college program. If you can maintain, you know, those intangible qualities and continue to build your strength, continue to develop through unmatched work ethic. I mean, that's really what it comes
0: down to. All right. Uh, so, um, you know, uh, with all the experience that, that you have and, you know, how, how do, um you and Tim have like how do y'all make these girls not only great players but great young women
1: well I, I think it really comes down to you know not only the ability to to communicate and, and relate to young players um, but also you know creating the accountability necessary um, to to show them that you know the the knowledge that that we do have and that that we want to provide um, you know, is something where it's it's very very important to us uh, that it revolves around the development of a quality, upstanding young person, and you know the the majority of the conversations that we have with them that you know that of course have everything to do with you know with softball and and in all the intricacies and in all the different approaches and everything that we're taking, um, but but also to be able to to tie that into you know how all of this really is a metaphor for, for creating success in your own lives. And, um, you know, one thing that I always like to tell the girls, you know, and, and I, and I do it several times just because, you know, I can get long winded and, and I know I got about 30 seconds before they kind of tune me out sometime, but you know, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it it's about, you know, play this game and, and, you know, and live your life as, as if, you know, somebody younger than you, um, is, is looking up to you and 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 make them want to be like you. Right. I mean, you know, kind of create a legacy, you know, not only in your career, but, you know, in your life to where, you know, people admire and, and want to be like you because of how you conduct yourself and, and how you approach things and how you play the game. Um, I, I think that that's really, you know, kind of the underlying message. If, if there's ever a chance for you to be a role model um, and, and you're a positive influence on someone, um, then then you're doing things right and, and you're starting to understand Um, that that's really what life's about is, is, is having a chance to, to pass something on, you know, whether it be to another generation or whether it be to, you know, to somebody the the same age as you, or even sometimes even older than you, um, you know, approach things in a way where it's always going to leave a positive impact.
0: All right. Um, uh, you had said, uh, spoke about it a little bit about, you know, development, um, speak on how big is it, you know, and, and having these girls develop into great players, but not only that, but learn learn other positions and not only stick to, like, one position. Like, what's right. your take on, on, on that? I, I think development
1: is key. I think, you know, when you play as many games as these girls do um, and, and playing every weekend or playing every other weekend and playing, you know, seven, eight, nine games on a weekend – um, you know it's something to where you you have to you have to understand that you have to be versatile you may not always be you know a, a corner infielder at the next level you may not be an outfielder at the next level you know that where that might be where you get a lot of reps and everything like that in games um you know and it's and it's really more about your ability to you know to to see the field from every position when the opportunity presents their positions you, you need to be yep. able to, To go in there and have an impact and i think as coaches it's our responsibility um, you know to be able to expose them to that Um, because you know when you're talking about 10 11 12 a lot of times you don't know what you got and and you don't know where they're gonna you know where they're gonna be able to take this in in the years to come Um, and so it's it's important to to really kind of create a foundation um you know to where they can you know truly develop you know offensively defensively on the rubber um, you know all the different aspects of the game, and and to really make sure that that's a primary focus. And sometimes that, you know, that that doesn't result in you know in in, in a, the you know an undefeated season. It doesn't result in in you know wins and losses or anything that's really going to show up on paper. Um, but again, that's that's you know that's that's secondary to, um, you know the. the the true word and the true, you know, organizational mindset of development. It's, it's bringing these players along and, and having them understand that the goal is to be better every day um, and, and be better, you know, from the time when you get to the field to when you leave and and feel confident in that and, and you know, and have, have a coaching staff to where, um, you know, that's where our effort comes into play is to, is to give them all that we've got, you know, each time that we go out there. Um, and I think from there you kind of see the result of you know kind of this you know the the, the development that that needs to occur. but um, I think it's I think it's definitely important um, you know for kids to be able to stay with it, for kids to understand that you know you're you're not always going to develop in the games your practices are, are are much more important. The reps are there. every single rep matters no matter when it no matter when it is, no matter where it is. Um, you know the the importance around, you know, just the ability to, to to have the focus and the mind looking to get better and build off of what it is that you're working on, um, it's imperative. And I think that's always your your mindset as a as a leader, it's it's certainly something that um, will reflect on the field. Maybe not tomorrow, but you know, it, it's a reflection of of what these girls eventually become. You know, we tell girls all the time, it's not about tomorrow, it's not about next week. It's about for senior, freshman, sophomore, junior senior, right? final eight years, those, you know those years where you're setting a goal for yourself, it's your goal to
0: achieve it. Yeah, that's, that's right, you know because a lot of people play for the moment when you shouldn't be playing for the moment, you should be playing for what's gonna happen down the road. No,
1: absolutely. I mean, you you want to be present in the moment. You want to you want to enjoy it. Right. You want to compete your tail off. Um. But knowing that it's for something bigger, and and believing that, knowing that you know the you know striking out with the bases loaded, you know with with two outs and you know in a, in a game that you're down by one on a you know on a day afternoon in you know in April, it, it's not the end of the world. and It's certainly not the end of your career, but right. but learning from that and being able to t- continue to move forward
0: mm-hmm. right um and uh can speak on how 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 big is is discipline you know you, you know how how much like me I, I I'm not a much of a baseball softball person I played when I was little and that's about it so I'm like you know been learning on the fly for the last five years so you know and and I see it's a real mental game you have to be real disciplined mm-hmm. when playing Game, one little mistake you know can screw everything up you're supposed to be over here and they you know and it'll mess all kind of stuff up so so speak on uh, how disciplined softball girls need to be
1: I, I think that you know when you, when you talk about the, the discipline and understanding you know where to be when the ball you know, when the ball isn't hit to you understanding that you always have to be moving after every pitch and and being prepared before the pitch is thrown. Um, you know, that discipline is something that is through the repetitions it's created through studying and learning the game. Uh, the majority of the kids these days, they don't watch baseball, they don't watch softball. And so they miss out on a lot. And so it's important to be able to make them understand how important those things are. And, and so, you know, when you talk about, you know, having that type of discipline, it, it starts with the mental toughness and the approach to really have the type of focus necessary to understand how big and important pre-pitch is and how important your role is no matter if the ball's hit to you or not um, and, and you, when you when you continue to focus on that you you create a culture and an atmosphere of a group that really has a buy-in to where the work ethic increases the energy level is always is always something to where you don't feel like you know people are just kind of walking around you know you command those things out of them um, you know, it's, it's something to where you always have to account, have accountability across the board, no matter the talent level. Um, you, you can't you can't be focused on, um, you know, the kind of the external things that you can't control. Right. When you have great players and since there's, you know, 975 other teams out here that if you hurt, you know, if you hurt their feelings or, or whatever it is that, that they're going to move on. Um, you know, it's, it's something to where, you know, accountability is key, you know, no matter the individual, um, you know, every kid's different. Every kid is going to be coached a little bit differently, just based on how you get to know them and their personality and, and how you can ultimately get the most out of them and and help them, you know, respond the right way. Um, but, but it's important to have self-discipline. It's important to have an organization and a team and, and leadership that creates accountability across the board. To where they have an understanding of what the expectations are they know the why if they ever have questions they should be able to ask and you should explain it right um, i think when you have that then you create a mutual respect and then it becomes very very easy to command the type of discipline the type of focus the type of effort and the type of attitude that is necessary for them to be successful
0: uh-huh. Um I have a quick question, man. How do you come up with them scenarios in your head so fast? <laughs>
1: like 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 as
0: far as just you know different situations or, yeah, or, or so like like at practice, you know how you was just oh, you right. were calling them out. You had me into it like I was into a real game. <laughs> well
1: I, I you know it's important because you know the, the goal is, for, for me is to always keeping keep things moving and keep them moving quickly to where the game is, is a lot slower than what practices are. And it, because we spend so much time on, on, on working to help them understand how important it is to be able to, to react to a situation and know where to go, where to be, you know, when the ball's hit to you, when the ball's not, that you keep it fast paced and just and coming up with different scenarios of what that looks like. I I think it's just something that, you know, I've done it so long and and you're always thinking about those things, you know, as as a player at a higher level and, and, you know, as as a coach at whatever level it is that you're competing at, um, you got to know and expect what may or may not happen. And so, you know, when I'm out there, you know, standing at home plate and and we're doing our our 27-ounce drill, which is basically, it's really 21 for, you know, for a seven-inning game. but. You know those game situations that that come up. You know runners on first and second, nobody out. The expectation is if I lay down a bunt, we've got to know you know where to crash and where to go. And if and if I hit a pop fly in the, in the you know in the infield, you know are we going to wait and listen to hear you know whether or not the you know the the umpire is going to call the infield fly rule? Or are we going to drop it? Or what are we going to do? Or are we just going to catch it and, and just kind of keep moving forward? But to make them really think at a fast pace, it's just been something that you know. I've got to be it just as prepared, if not more prepared, than they are. And, and, and it makes it fun, right? It makes it, you know, because it's different. Not every scenario is the same. And, um, you know, you can mix it up because, you know, softball practices and things like that, if you're not careful, they can be really monotonous. And you can get a lot of people just kind of standing around just trying to run out the clock. And that's the last thing that you want.
0: Yeah. Man, I, I have another thing about y'all practice. I've never seen a, a three man fungo, right? In my life, the first what? time and I was like, "What the heck?" Like, like how do y'all keep the girls so focused? You know, having all that going on.
1: Well, I and and I think it just it's because you kind of set the expectation of look these things are going to move so quickly. That we're gonna have three different people hitting to you. You're gonna have a responsibility not only to feel the ball but to catch it. Whoever catches it has to know where to throw it. And and you keep it fast paced and you don't ever you don't ever you know lower the expectations. If anything, you increase them. And you know, it was really kind of a result of you know the the some of the numbers that some of the practices that we had um, you know, and, and how important, you know, the number of reps can become and, and, you know, figuring out a way, okay, how are we going to keep these girls moving and accomplish what it is that we need to based on this plan that we've created. Um, and so we're like, Hey, well, we can have three guys out here hitting and we can have three people catching up. We can just spread out. It doesn't really matter, you know, if the ball's coming from 10 feet up the first baseline or, or right at home plate, um, but to keep it moving and, and to keep, getting as many reps as possible. It just kind of, it was born from there. And and now it's something to where, I mean, we just because it's so fast paced and you're always seeing something moving and then you get the girls talking and then all of a sudden you look up and an hour's gone by or 45 minutes has gone by. And, and we had to, we had to push back, you know, one of the different, you know, one of the different drills, one of the different sections that we had planned on because we're just out there getting after it. And so, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. I, I had never seen it until, you know, we just kind of talked about it and just started doing it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that was crazy. <laughs> yeah. Was something that in, in your coaching style, What's something that you can improve on to make you a better coach? I, I, I
1: think there's, well, I mean, there's a lot of things. I think the most important thing is, is to be able to kind of look in your mirror in the mirror, you know, after each game or after each practice, um, and be comfortable and confident with the product that you put out there or the service that you're providing. And so, you know, for me, I, I think it's I think it's something to where um, you know, I feel that one place that I can improve on the most, you know, is always gonna revolve around, you know, the 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 in game, you know, decision making when you're talking about defensive sets. When you're talking about, you know, just your your approach and positioning and and that sort of thing, um, and that comes with experience, and it comes, you know, because soft that that is one of the biggest differences, you know, in soft, softball versus baseball. Um, I, I think that you know you can always learn to be a better communicator and and, and figure out different ways to to relate to players better, um, and you know sometimes we, you know, we, we kind of get in those situations to where it's, it's, it's frustrating. It's a, it's a frustrating game when, you know, you're, you're not performing and, and, you know, you know that there's more left in the tank and you're trying to figure out a way how to maximize, you know, their output. Um, You know, sometimes it can, you know, it can take you down a path of negativity, but if you can always kind of bounce back, then, you know, it's, it's certainly something, um, you know, that, that can be, you know, it can be deemed as a success, but I, I think, you know, just, you know, defense positioning mindset, you know, in game, you know, reaction type communication, um, you know, in terms of, of where to go, where to be, um, you know, when you're talking plays and, and really just the overall kind of anticipation of what the game is ultimately going to dictate. I think I think those are those are definitely
0: some things I can improve on. OK, nice, nice. What's. Um what's some good advice that you would give a, um, a senior going into his uh, freshman year at college, a student
1: athlete? So I, I think it would be important to make sure to, to to communicate to them. It doesn't matter if it's University of Texas, if it's, you know, if it's Texas A&M, if it's Blend Junior College, if it's, you know, if it's a Division two, II, Division three school, it doesn't matter. You have to go in with a humble mindset. And and you have to understand that, you know, you're going to be competing against people that are a lot stronger. They're 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 further along in their careers when you're talking about a freshman versus a senior in college, and the only way that you can really have an impact is number 1, listen with your eyes, right? Number 2, be humble, and and number 3, do everything you can to outwork the person next to you. And, and if you always kind of keep that mindset, um, I think that's where you can really not only have success, um, but you can be seen as an emerging leader and most importantly, a great teammate.
0: Mm -hmm. So what's some, what's some good advice you would give your younger self?
1: Um, I would I would give my younger self the advice that um I know you I know we all think that we're gonna play twenty years in the big leagues. Um and and none of this matters if you can't take care of what's most important when you're talking about being a student athlete, and that's being a student first. Um, you know, not not very many people can say that they had a higher GPA in college than they did in high school. Um, but I can. And it's it's not it's definitely not something I'm proud of. And I was just you know, I was always eligible, um, but it wasn't something to where I spent the the time that I needed to and the drive and the focus around academics, um, early on. And, and, um, you know, it's something that you always kind of have to pay for later on, um, you know, taking more classes in college or, or having to, you know, kind of repeat some things that, um, you know, weren't, you know, courses that, you know, that, that, that you were thought that you were going to have to take, but, um, you know, certainly focus on academics, um, And, you know, at at some period, well, you know, at at certain periods, you know, throughout the course of my life and throughout the course of my career as as a young player, um, you know, to revert back to, you know, be present in the moment. Enjoy it, Um, you know, take some time to not only understand that this is a very difficult sport, but but have the perspective that it's not, you know, it's not the end of the world. You have to be able to move forward pitch to pitch at bat to at bat. You have to be able to handle failure at an unmatched level. And I think that would probably be the, the number one thing that I would tell
0: myself years past. Mm-hmm. Um I have I have a question. Okay So, you know, as as being a coach, you don't you don't care about the wins and losses. Some girls care about the wins and losses, right? So how do you get the girls out, you know, out of the Oh, we can't do this. We can't, you know, mindset when they, when they lose a game, like, how do you, how do you keep them pumped up and let them know, right. Hey, passes the pass. We'll get them next time. Right.
1: Well, and, and I think it's important to know that, I, you know, I, I've never taken the field in my life as a player or coach where I haven't wanted to win the game or tried to win the game mm-hmm. um, because that's, you know, you, you play to win um, and, and you play to compete your tail off. And if you lose, but you lose because the other team was better and you played as hard as you could, then, then you can't, you can't hang your head. Um, And and I think that's to always communicate. Look, if we go out there and, and, and we play our game and we play as hard as we can and we get beat fine. Mm -hmm. We're, we're going to, we're probably going to play a hundred of these things this year. right? And if we're in a championship situation and, and, you know, we're we're laying out for a ball and, and we dive and we miss it and the winning run scores and, you know, the other team gets the bigger ring than we do that weekend. OK, no big deal. It's something that we can build off of. And I think, you know, always, you know, always making them understand, number one, you ain't never going to go to undefeated in baseball or softball. Right. Um, and there's there's always there's always the next game that you have to focus on and you have to be able to turn the page. You have to be able to learn from your mistakes, but you also have to be fired up in the fact and understanding and looking forward to the next opportunity that you get because we play this game. Cause we love it. Cause it's fun. And it's awesome that we all get to hang out with each other and get better and, and build all these friendships and everything like that. And let's not about those deals, but let's also understand that the opportunity is in the future. It's never in the past. And, and so I think, you know, always kind of communicating that after a tough loss or, or after a tough, you know, to, to keep them wanting to move forward. But, you know, kind of that out of their mind to where they can they can come to work they, to ne- the next day to ultimately get better.
0: Mm-hmm. OK, OK. So I'm down to the, the final question um, <laughs> is, is who would you like to hear on the podcast? But your answer you will have to help me get them on the podcast. That's a great question, right? <laughs> and
1: you know, kind of, kind of being a stu- a student of the game, right? You never stop learning. <laughs> you never stop, you know, wanting to, to pick people's brains, and so mm. um, I, you know, I, it, it. I think it probably have to be somebody that you know is is at a higher level, um, just in terms of whether it be you know a college softball coach in the area um you know or something like that to where um you know kind of having somebody else say some of the things of what they look for and and how they kind of approach the game at their level um that would be one what i would want to hear next so that means that my goal is to try to find one um finish their seasons whether it be they're playing in regionals and everything this weekend or anything like that and see if i can find one um That we can try to nail down.
0: Okay, okay, yeah, it's it's a few here that I was been waiting for the season to get over, and then I was messing them up. But yeah, that's that's something that, that yeah, hopefully you can you know get it done so we can hear hear they pick their brain a little bit.
1: That's right. We'll work on it together.
0: All right. Sounds good, man. I appreciate you for your time, man. Glad you was able to get the podcast done
1: no i i appreciate it and you know thanks for the opportunity i always enjoy you know just talking about you know all this stuff i mean i'm obviously you know passionate about it and, and i can ramble on forever um but it's you know it's it's fun to to be able to to answer those types of questions and and you know really kind of for me gain a type of perspective and and really kind of teach what it is that that i can learn to do better and um and just have more of an impact so i think it's great thank you very much yeah.
0: oh yeah yes yeah, sir. Right. have a good day. All right, you too. All right, bye. I thank my boy Mike Estrada for getting the logo right. So all my small business owners, if y'all need some logos, y'all hit up my boy Mike, man. I let my boy Thomas. He's still out here getting them kids right. So, y'all speed and agility, y'all need to hit them up. We got some quality work. My boy, Jeremy, with the tent. Go follow his page on Facebook, GTZ Window Tent, and, and hit him up. May y'all get them appointments in. Levi's reach more. Let the wife get them doors looking good. I know them doors might be naked, so go ahead and let her get y'all right. Levi's Mobile Detailing, just a call away from getting them cars to looking brand new again so y'all hit us up and we ready to get some work in all of us